0: There's always this kind of like nagging feeling in the back of your head that's like, you know, remember, you have a bully breed. Your dog has to be better.
1: You're listening to the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host and resident dog mom, Erin Scott. If you consider your dog a family member, then this podcast is for you. Let's celebrate the love and connection we have with our dogs. Not only can a dog be your best friend, but I believe a dog can be a healer, a teacher, and an inspiration. This is a place for us to connect in the joy of loving our dogs, and also a place where you know you're not alone in the difficult times, or in the sadness of missing a dog that was an important part of your life. Can't wait to share with you stories of how the love of a dog is changing our lives and changing the world. This is Believe in Dog. Welcome to episode thirty-one of the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host Erin Scott, and I'm so glad you're here today. I can't wait for you to hear today's guest, Erica Kovacs, with the Pinups for Pitbulls organization. Erica is such a firecracker, and I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation today. The Pinups for Pit Bulls organization has been around since 2005. It was created by Deirdre Franklin, who's also known as Little Darling, and they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to educate the public and empower canine advocates through science-based facts in order to lead their communities by representing responsible pet ownership striving toward all dogs being accepted as individuals and the organization has actually been internationally recognized and has volunteers and events all around the country as well as internationally throughout Europe the term pin-up is being used to pay homage to the 1940s 1950s sort of vintage beauty glamour girls you know you could put Marilyn Monroe Jane Mansfield in that category I always think of Betty Page. She was always sort of an idol of mine, especially when I was quite the misanthropic teenager growing up. And of course, pit bull dogs are so very near and dear to my heart, as you may know. All of my dogs, both past and present, are dogs that could be considered pit bulls. And Erica and I get into a little bit today about how this name of pit bulls is so confusing because it's not just one breed, it's sort of an umbrella term is is what you always hear for several breeds of dogs, the American Pit Bull Terrier, the American Staffordshire Terrier, and the Staffordshire Bull Terrier. And then of course there are all kinds of mixed breeds and mutts and Other dogs that are just born with big heads and stocky bodies and short fur and broad chests that are just called pit bulls. But if you actually do their DNA tests, you find out there are none of those types of breeds in them. And Erica and I talk about the responsibility that we feel to learn about this and be able to advocate for our dogs and share information with other people. But yet, owners of pretty much any other breed of dog don't have to worry about these things. And I always think that it's so funny that these dogs ended up in my life the way that they did. I always say I was a bit of a reluctant dog owner. I did not grow up with pets. It was totally my husband's idea to get dogs. And he had his heart set on a pit bull because he had once known somebody that had one and he just really loved the dog. And so for almost 10 years, he had carried around in his head and his heart this idea that as soon as he was able to buy a house that he was going to adopt a pit bull dog. And I just went along with it. I was being a good fiancé. We weren't even actually married yet at the time. But these dogs sort of crashed into my life and into my heart. And my life has never been the same again, but in the best way possible. And it just seems so fitting to me that these dogs that are kind of misunderstood and very don't judge a book by its cover, don't believe the hype, like that kind of theme has been common in my life (laughs) and Erica shares this too she talks about growing up as an emo kid of course I'm a little older than her so emo wasn't the term that was used it was like goth or metal or alternative or weirdo (laughs) but it's definitely that feeling of being the underdog not being the popular acceptable trendy kind of girl and it's been interesting to me to see both in myself as well as in The many, 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 many people I know who own these pit bull type dogs who have that element of their personality and then find themselves attracted to these dogs. So I guess that's why I think it's so interesting for me, I didn't go out seeking these kinds of dogs. In fact, I so didn't know anything about dogs that I didn't even know that there were people who didn't like pit bulls. And so when I got these dogs and started reading about it, because you know me, I have to know everything that there is to know about something. So with my first girl Lucy who you can see depicted in the artwork for the Believe in Dog podcast logo, I was like, how could anybody not like this dog? Like she's an angel, she's a perfect perfect angel. And that's what drew me into the idea of of advocating and educating because I just kept thinking, no, if people met Lucy, they would understand. And and that's sort of what led me on the path to being here with you today. And so I love hearing other people's stories. I loved hearing Erica's story, and I think you will too. We talk about everything from growing up with dogs to her work with marine wildlife to now working as a veterinary technician and what that was like during COVID. Erica tells us about her dog Hogan and what it's like having a dog that's very reactive on a leash, especially when that dog can be considered a pit bull and what people's reactions to that are and how Erica has worked on his training over time and then adopting their new dog Earl and what it was like bringing a puppy into the house during covid times plus Erica and I talk a lot about being pitbull owners and what that's been like for us and how that journey has taken us both in directions we never expected plus Erica tells us the fun of being a pinup in the pinups for pitbulls calendar even though she became Miss COVID and was depicted on the calendar for March of 2020. for Erica, but she does redeem herself, which she will share in this episode also. So let's get started with Erica Kovacs of Pinups for Pitbulls. So I am here today with Erica Kovacs, who is a team lead with the Pinups for Pitbulls organization. Hi, Erica. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here. Yes. I love the Penups for pit bulls organization. I've actually had two different friends who have been models in the
0: calendar. Oh, awesome. Awesome.
1: And I totally had a Betty page poster on my wall when I was a teenager. Yes.
0: Have you ever had the Betty bangs? No. Oh, no. Okay. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> Not the hair.
0: I can't, I can't have them either because my hair is so curly, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I love it lot.
0: So good. So good.
1: So I'm always curious. Uh, If you grew up with animals, have you always been an animal person? What's that looked like for you?
0: Yes. I, like, ever since I can remember, have always been an animal person. I remember, like, we grew up with dogs. We always had dogs growing up. We never had cats. But always had dogs. And, you know, ever since I was, like, a little kid, I always would tell my parents, like, I'm going to work with animals when I'm older. I'm going to work with animals. And sure enough, that's exactly what I do.
1: (laughs) So... Did you have like a dog that you know that was like your best friend, or like a dog that made you like fall in love and know like this is I'm a dog person? Yeah. So
0: my parents actually um, adopted a dog. Like I want to say maybe a week or two before they had me oh. so they were raising a puppy and a small child at the same time and we grew up together and she was just you know i mean my memory of her is it's faint cuz it was so long ago but she was like the best dog ever um and i mean i Quite literally grew up with her. Like we were babies together. We were like young kids together. So yeah, I uh, I love her. Her name was Pizzi. It means small in Hungarian. My dad's Hungarian. Yeah, she was a husky shepherd mix. She was a really good dog.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Although your parents must have really had their hands full <laughs> of Oh
0: yeah. Oh yes. I mean, luckily I was too young to remember, but I'm sure they were like very overwhelmed. Yeah.
1: And so you ended up becoming a vet tech, is that right?
0: Yes, that is correct. I graduated from college with my degree in marine science, and I moved, you know, out to Miami after college and did this great internship down in Miami, but decided, you know, the city life wasn't for me and that I wanted to move back to Maine. That's where I went to college and I decided I was going to try my hand at veterinary medicine and I've been doing it ever since.
1: So what did you do is with Marine work?
0: So I, um, and occasionally still do. I was a, rescue and rehabilitation volunteer. So I rescue and rehabbed um, sea turtles and seals oh my God. for so many years. And um, when I moved to Baltimore, I found out that they have a program to rescue and rehab seals and sea turtles Did at the national aquarium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I got involved with them. Um, I'm not on like a regular schedule anymore um, since COVID things have just been so up and down and, you know, being, a veterinary technician and having to go into work every day. And then, you know, the added kind of stress or just like risk of being around even more people at the aquarium. So now I'm I'm still technically a volunteer with them, but I'm not really on like schedule i kind of just like fill in when they need help gotcha. yeah
1: my yeah. husband is gonna be so jealous when he hears that he <laughs> is obsessed with turtles yes uh he loves everything turtles when he's a little kid he used to collect like everything turtles. that's adorable
0: <laughs> i love that
1: um actually i'll tell a funny story real quick so uh it's probably about 10 years ago uh, we had tickets to see a comedian for my birthday and mm-hmm. we were going to the lyric downtown yep uh, and so, you know, we weren't dressed like super fancy pants, but we were, you know, dressed to go out yeah. for the evening and we were on our way and the main kind of road in and out of uh, that we, that we is route 40 and there was a turtle that was crossing cause we live kind of near gunpowder yes. and he was like crossing in the middle of route 40 and we're like, Oh my God, somebody's going to hit him. Right. And so you know of course there's like a jersey wall so you, mm-hmm. you know we had to like go past make the u-turn come back and in that amount of time somebody had hit him now, oh, no! he was alive and they just kind of like ran his like tail and like foot over oh but he's like bleeding and my husband's like jumping out like pulls over <laughs> on the side of him, jumps out in front of traffic <laughs> is like picking out and it was a, one of those big turtles yes and was, like picking him up and like running him across <laughs> the road he's got like turtle blood all over uh, him oh so god. now i'm like oh my god like we can't go out like there's this. a bleeding yeah. turtle in my my car so uh, I mean he moved him like just to get him across the road right the direction <laughs> that he even go, and so now we're like running to go home so that he can change and I'm like googling oh like wildlife rescue and all this stuff <laughs> oh and my so gosh totally late for this comedy show that is so funny <laughs> but we did kind of save a turtle but you saved a turtle <laughs>
0: yes. you didn't kind of save him you did so that's something to be proud of
1: and I just um you know, I always feel like if you're going to get married, make sure you marry the person that's going to jump out and get turtle blood
0: all over him. Yes. One thousand percent. Yes,
1: I'm always like, I-, I made the right choice.
0: You totally did. Yeah, absolutely. I love you, Tim.
1: <laughs> we love you, Tim. So how did you end up coming to Baltimore?
0: So after years of living in Maine, my husband, actually, he graduated from the college that we went to with his master's degree and wanted to start uh, PhD program. Um, so he applied at UMB at university of Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, he went and visited the campus and like really liked the school. He really liked the program, loved like everybody that he met. So when he came back to Maine, he was like, you know, I think I made my decision. I really want to move to Baltimore. Um, and I was like, okay, like I, you know, was kind of at, wits end with my job you know where I was and I just like didn't really see myself moving forward or like going anywhere so I was like nothing's really keeping us here we're not you know tied down to anything like let's just go and I told him that because he didn't actually end up getting into the PhD program right away but I told him I was like let's go anyway like screw it, let's just go. So we did. Um, he got a job at Johns Hopkins, worked there for two years, and then ended up getting into his PhD program, which he's oh, in currently. Yeah. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's intense. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely. What's
1: yeah. the program for? You?
0: He is getting his PhD in neuroscience. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes, he's a very smart man. That's and very fascinating. Yeah. No, it's amazing, and he does some really cool stuff, like just awesome, awesome work. So he's hoping he'll graduate um, next year, but he. He's like he's really excited and just loves the program. So, oh, that's so cool. That's how we came to Baltimore. And so, how long have you been here now? Um, we've been here for six years. Oh, okay. Yes, we've been here for six years, which is crazy. I can't even believe that that much time <laughs> has passed. It's nuts to think about.
1: <laughs> time speeds up when you get older. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So how long have you had your like pit bull? Like when you like, when you and your husband get married, you like, we're going to get adopt dogs. Like how did you oh, make that yeah. decision? We
0: literally like one of the first things we talked about when we like first started dating was we, I want a dog. And he was like, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know,
1: commitment. Right. He's like, it's
0: no brainer for me. Like I want a dog. And I was like, Oh, don't worry. So do I. So, you know, when we finally moved to Baltimore, um, we were like, mm, now seems like a pretty good time to adopt a dog you know it was our first time like really living together on our own we had lived together for years you know previous but we always had roommates Mm -hmm. so this was like the first time that we lived together as a couple and we were like let's complicate things further and throw (laughs) a dog in there so yeah we that's what we did
1: (laughs) and did you know you wanted to get a pit bull
0: we knew we wanted to get a rescue. Um, we knew we wanted to adopt a dog. We we knew that we didn't really want to purchase a dog, um, but we didn't really care what kind of dog it was. We just figured, nah, we'll adopt a mutt and that'll be that. So, you know, when we were looking and looking and looking, because, I mean, you've adopted a dog, you know how rigorous the process is. You know, finally we saw Hogan's, picture on the website and I was like look at this little cutie and we went and we met him and we fell in love and immediately took him home I mean they told us you know I think a lot of rescues and kind of shelters and stuff do this where they sort of guess what their Mm -hmm. breed is so they told us that he was like an American Bulldog mix which I was like "Mm, I don't know about that because he was six pounds when we got him so I was like "Uh, American Bulldog I don't know about that but yeah we just we just knew we wanted to adopt a dog. So
1: he was a little guy.
0: He was super little. Yeah. So they also kind of guessed his age. They told us he was 10 weeks old and then I brought him to work and my boss looked at him and she was like, Oh, he's probably like closer to seven weeks old. And we were like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So he was really small when we got him.
1: And so for, for work now you'd work in like a, regular quote-unquote yes office. yeah mm-hmm,
0: yeah so I am at a small practice uh we see cats and dogs um and I am yeah a veterinary technician at charm city veterinary hospital whoop, whoop, shout, shout out, out.
1: <laughs> so when you adopt Hogan so oh my god he's so adorable thank oh, you where did you come up with his name
0: so uh, this is so funny Mike and I this we didn't even have a dog yet this was maybe like I don't know uh we okay so we went to the Maryland Pet Expo the same year that we adopted Hogan. So we adopted Hogan at the like was it the end of March or like I don't know, maybe February end of February. Um, and the pet expo is in January. So we were there in January and we were driving back, we were driving home from the pet expo and we were kind of just like spitballing names. Cause Mike was like, Oh, next year, like this time next year, we're going to be bringing our dog to the pet expo. And we were just kind of like saying names that we liked. And Mike was like, Oh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan would be such a good one. And it just stuck with me. Like I was like, Oh my God, that's an amazing name for a dog. And then the second I laid eyes on him, I was like oh my god there he is that's hollywood hulk hogan
1: that's what i was wondering if (laughs) you know if it was like a wrestling if you guys are wrestling fans totally yes yeah Yeah. oh
0: yeah yep
1: (laughs) was when um when tim and i met of course this was over 21 years ago now Uh, (laughs) We totally used to watch wrestling all the time. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Like
0: yeah, we were my sister and my dad and I were obsessed with it when we were like in from elementary school up until I graduated high school, we were like totally obsessed. We'd go to like the events yes. and we would go meet the wrestlers. Oh my gosh, it was yes. <laughs>
1: that was like the hate.
0: Totally, like absolutely. The Rock and oh. Steve Austin, Edge, and- <laughs> yes. you've got like the um the Hardy brothers, yes. the Hardy boys, we yeah. Know- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That w- totally. Totally the heyday.
1: Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> and so did you know right away upon getting Hogan and having a dog that can be identified as a pit bull Mm -hmm. which you know we'll get into that part too like did you know you kind of wanted to get into advocating or did you just kind of stumble into it so
0: i actually knew about pinups for pit bulls years prior like i had i was um what they what what they call an emo kid in in high school (laughs) um so i went to a lot of like um you know outdoor concerts like i was at Warp Tour every year I was at the Bamboozled in New Jersey every year so like I would see pinups booth set up at Warp Tour every year and I always would go over there and I'm like this is such a cool idea such a cool concept like advocating for the underdog which of course is how I felt in high school right. I was like total like nerdy emo kid like <laughs> you know, underdog. So I, it was so relatable to me. And then, you know, we adopted Hogan and I just was seeing and hearing like how people were reacting to him and like things that were said to us. And I was like, I think it's time for me to start getting involved in this Us for Pitbulls thing. Like, I think I finally understand why they are out there doing what they're doing.
1: So what are some examples of that? I was really curious because you've um, alluded to that like on social media and Mm -hmm. things like that and it's so interesting to me because as a general rule I have never experienced a lot of that, or at least um, not a lot to my face I don't know (laughs) (laughs) if I'm missing things yes right 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 I'm pretty astute you know maybe (laughs) I'm missing things and Baltimore, in general, in my in my experience, has been fairly pit bull friendly, you oh, know, yeah. it, compared to, you know, maybe other places.
0: It is a very, like, pit bull friendly place, mostly because that's, like, most of what you'll find right. in the shelters right. is mostly pit bull type dogs and bully breeds. Um, but Hogan struggles a lot with uh, leash reactivity. Uh. Um, which I never really knew what that was until I, we started having problems with him and Mike and I, we lived in Towson before we lived in this city. So like when we would go on walks and stuff, we didn't see like a lot of people. We didn't see a lot of other dogs. So I didn't really think about socialization on a leash. I more was just like, okay, like, you know, I was kind of one of those like ignorant dog owners that didn't really know. I was like, I'll bring him to a dog park. That'll be great socialization. No, ain't <laughs> wrong. Not. That was no. So um, you know, when he was getting older and I would notice like he would start Like, if he saw a person or if he saw another dog, he would bark and pull and just act like a lunatic. And I was like, what the heck is going on with you? Like, what is wrong? And then I found this, like, amazing community on Instagram, go figure, about these, like, reactive dogs. And I was like, oh, this is what's going on with my dog. So when Mike and I moved to the city, you know, there's obviously a lot more people, a lot more dogs around. Totally, absolutely. And, you know, his leash reactivity was, I think between the stress of like moving and then the stress of there just being so many people and so many new noises and smells and everything, he was just, it was like he was on high alert and overload, just total overload. So- we would get a lot of comments because I mean, I'm a very petite and small girl and I'm walking this 60 pound dog that is, you know, barking at people and barking at other dogs. So I would, you know, we would get a lot of flack for it. And, you know, I would just, I've, Oh my gosh, I've heard so many things. I've heard things from like, you need to get that dog under control to like, I remember one time this was terrible. We were in the park and Hogan is really good. He loves other dogs, like loves other dogs. He really likes people. He just gets himself so overly excited and overstimulated that it comes, you know, he sounds scary. He's a really vocal dog, just like his mother. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we were in the park one day and I had him off of his leash, which I know, you know, don't at me here, but we were taking photos. We were taking like professional photos. My friend was, and these people decided that it would be a good idea to walk like right by him and get right in his space, which like we were in a huge park. I really don't understand why they decided it was a good idea to walk right next to him. So I went to grab him and then of course he thought it was a game. So he's running around and he's barking and this man looked at me and he was like, if that dog comes anywhere near me, I will, I will stab him. I will, I will stab your dog. And I looked at this man. I was like, is he for real? Like I was like, yeah, good luck. And this is the other problem too. I have kind of a big mouth. (laughs) So it gets me in trouble sometimes because people say mean things or you know, threaten my dog. And then I can't keep my mouth shut because that's my baby. I'm like, really? So yeah, it just, it, you know, things like that. And Mike and I, you know, we actually, we went and saw a professional trainer at the beginning of 2020 pre-COVID just to really help him with his leash reactivity because it was, it was so bad. Like once we moved into the city, it had just gotten so much worse um, and we needed professional help. So we went, we sought out like, an R-plus trainer, which is, like, a positive reinforcement trainer. Um, that's, like, our preferred method of training. So we went, sought her out, and it was a game changer. Wow. Like, he is it, it, walking him. He has his moments. Don't get me wrong. But walking him now, it's like walking a totally different dog. It's it's been amazing. We have a lot less of those kind of negative uh, comments more recently since we've gotten his reactivity under control. That's
1: really interesting. Yeah. I think the way I actually found you on Instagram was I was looking for like Muzzle Monday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like a Pitbull person in Baltimore. Like, yeah. I, I need to know this person. <laughs> but uh, I actually... I'm very glad to see you you doing that and to see the trend of like muzzle monday totally and to talk about muzzle training and we need we really need to do that with our guy Nino. He's like a super fearful mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And he's comfortable with my husband and I and he likes going on walks. But yeah, he pretty much doesn't want to go anywhere else or to see anybody else. Right. Right. <laughs> and he has nipped at, like, my mom or like mm-hmm. my brother, if yeah. they've come over our house, it's usually, it's always the same thing. It's like they go to, like, get up to get, go to the bathroom, go to the drink, and it's like they move really fast. Yeah. What he perceives is really fast. Yeah. And it's never that kind of, like, bite, like they're trying to sure. hurt you, but sure. it's just like that stay away, like, kind huh. of. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so Tim and I are like, yeah, we really need to make sure that we get him comfortable with the muzzle yeah. for, yeah. you know, we don't, <laughs> we generally don't tend to have a lot of company or people. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but you know, on these occasions yeah. and, and also just for general, you know, going to the bed or totally. safety things. Yes. And, so I'm really glad to see like that. there's this trend and this movement of people doing yeah. that and showing, you know, and I guess one of the things that I also, we sort of struggled with in our minds, you know, is it's always important to us for, with having pit bulls to kind of have that like ambassador kind oh of dog. yeah
0: oh and yeah
1: I don't want you know it's like I don't want to do anything that's oh like, yeah makes him look mean or the scary stigma or, it's yeah. back to the stigma
0: it's so yeah. and it and and it's we got to get over that right you know it's something it's not about Us And how we look. It's about our dogs and keeping them healthy and happy and safe. And I think that it's so important, you know, to have that conversation because it is a very real thing. You know, when you are a pit bull type dog or a bully breed owner, you feel like you just need to be better than, you know, the golden doodle walking down the street or the lab that lives next door, which In some ways, is like such BS because, like, hello, they're (laughs) They're dogs. dogs. They're they're just dogs, but at the same time, there is such a stigma against the you know the breed and the type of dog that you just not only for yourself but for them you just you want to be better, right? Yeah,
1: and I mean we like we didn't even want to use like a halty like head halter leash just because. Uh, like the, I'm thinking back to our, our old gals, um, Lucy and Kalua, just because I didn't want it to look too much like a muzzle and, and Lucy and Kalua loved everybody and you could come and, you know, kids would lay all over them and <laughs> yeah. everything, you know, and, um, but yeah, sometimes they would get a little, you know, excited on our walks. And so we sure. were like, should we do one of those, you know, mm-hmm. leashes? but we, I was like, I don't want it to be too much like a muzzle and have it make right. it look like this yep. thing. And yep. And, like, Penny, you know, Penny's amazing. Everybody can, you know, come up to Penny. But with Nino, we've really had to get ourselves comfortable with advocating for him yes. and keeping him safe. Yep. And getting over our whole idea of, like, we have to have the perfect The perfect pit bull. Yeah. I know.
0: I know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is that's just it and that's not Hogan Hogan is not the perfect dog like he's very loud he's very excitable he jumps on people he like will lick you to death like he's not the perfect dog but you know what that's okay because he's my dog and he's my perfect dog and it it's very hard to get over what other people think you know it's 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 really hard. It's something I struggled with for a really long time. Like I remember like coming home from walks and just sobbing, like hysterical, just a mess because I'm like, I have this dog that everybody hates. And then he acts like a lunatic and they hate him more. And they look at me and, and now I'm like, if you don't like it, (laughs) <laughs> oh, well. you, you oh too bad that's <laughs> too bad i don't I'll, care i'm gonna be past you in <laughs> right five seconds i'm never right. going to see you again right. <laughs> thank god
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really funny because i i don't think that that's something unless maybe you're talking about maybe like a rottweiler or a doberman sure. or something but yeah i don't think the general average other dog owner ever has to think about
0: like i want to make sure that my dog looks okay because totally. otherwise they're going to judge all mm-hmm. dogs based on my dog yeah. yeah well and the other aspect of it too is like if you want your dog to look a certain way, like who cares? You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you like, you know, pit bull type dogs because of how they look, that should be fine. You know, people like labs because of how they look, Pe- right. people like golden retrievers because of how they look, like why can't you like a big blocky headed doofus you know Right. It, they're all just dogs and I think ultimately like that's what it comes down to is that they are all just dogs you know it doesn't matter to me but <laughs> it matters to you know matters to some
1: I always think it's kind of funny that I ended up with pit bulls because again, I knew like nothing about dogs. My husband, my husband had been envisioning having a pit bull forever, just because he knew somebody once that had one, and <laughs> for like ten years, yep. he was like, "I want one. I, I need this. Have a yard. Like I want to have the stuff." And I just think it's funny that I ended up with the pit bulls because being kind of like that underdog or like mm-hmm. maybe misunderstood yeah. or the strong stereotypes yep. and don't touch a book by a cover, like that. So speaks to my heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, that it's like, it's so perfect that it totally that, that ended
0: up. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. With me. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and so now you have a second dog too, right? Yes.
0: Erlenmeyer flask Earl oh for short. Yes. <laughs> that's like a science thing,
1: right? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's my husband for you.
1: And so how did you guys come to have him?
0: So we, okay. Well, I shouldn't say we, it was really me. (laughs) I was like dying for a puppy. I don't know why I just had puppy fever. You know, what do you want from me? So I kind of like after Mike and I got married in 2019 um and i was like you know what after we get married like we should think about getting another dog hogan loves other dogs and you know i would just love for him to have a friend and mike was like all right like we can talk about it whatever um and so i we got married and i immediately started looking <laughs> and you know i was like sending in puppies all the time I'm like look this one's up for adoption this one this one and then um it just wasn't working out like the timing wasn't working out or, you know, there weren't many puppies like up for adoption or just like dogs in general up for adoption. And then COVID struck and wouldn't you know it, this puppy came into our lives <laughs> and people were like, Oh, it's the perfect time to adopt a puppy. And I was like, I- is it, is it Mary? Is it a good time to adopt a puppy? No, it never, n- I, it's so funny. Cause you know, we, we, so we adopted him at the beginning of COVID and Mike he you know works uh in a lab so a lot of his work he ended up working from home like most of COVID um which was really hard because then I was still going into work because I worked, you know, I work at a veterinary hospital. Um, So he was home with the puppy all the time, and I'm the one that wanted the puppy. (laughs) So he and Earl had quite a complicated relationship at the start, but he loves him very much now. He's a really great dog. Um, He's really funny. He's obsessed with his big brother. Anything his big brother is doing, he has to be doing. So, yeah. They're a really funny pair. So,
1: uh, did he come through a rescue also?
0: Yes. So, we initially wanted to adopt from the rescue that we got Hogan from. um, Just because it was... We had a great experience. Mm -hmm. They were wonderful. But, um, they do not adopt out of Maryland anymore. Um, They really only adopt out of, like, Pennsylvania, I think, and, like, upstate New York. So, we just we're like okay well maybe we'll look into other rescues in the area there are so many and we found heart the homeless animal rescue oh gosh i can never remember the name it's like the homeless animal rescue something um so yeah they operate out of like delaware maryland virginia um and that's how we found erlenmeyer oh wow yeah
1: And so when was it that you started getting involved with Pinups for Pitbulls?
0: So I actually um, started getting involved probably about, I want to say it was like four years ago, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm going to fill out a volunteer application and see where it goes. So, I filled it out, sent it in, and they sent me this like cute little kit. It was like a welcome kit. It had a couple like buttons and some brochures and just like information um and then I got in touch with the team leader in our area. Um she's still a team leader, but now we kind of like share the role. I think we have like Three team leaders in our area, and she was like, "Hey, like we're doing the Maryland Pet Expo. We can train you." And so that was my first event, my first introduction to. That's a big one, yeah, <laughs> it, mm-hmm, for sure. But I mean, the girls that are involved with this organization, and I mean, there are a f- you know a few guys that are involved as well, but I mean, it's mostly like women. Um, but they're just so amazing, like so passionate, so cool we have like a lot in common and yeah it's 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 a great organization so I knew I wanted to to be involved especially once I you know realized that people were discriminating against my dog for how he looks how he looks right
1: and you were actually in the calendar right
0: yes I was so I got into our 2020 calendar um I was Miss March Miss Miss March 2020 aka Miss Covid 2020 Oh gosh I know <laughs> FML <laughs> Kind of funny. But <laughs> I have a redemption story because the last two years we have had to do, we call it our greatest pits uh, version of our calendar where we've kind of made it like a fundraiser. Well, we didn't kind of, we did, we made it a fundraiser. Um, so you could go on, you know, you buy votes and then you, you know, vote for your favorite images. So my image was voted as one of the favorites. Yay. So I am Miss February. 2022
1: and you had like a kind of like a rosie the riveter kind of vibe yes
0: so the the theme or the idea behind my photo behind Maya and hogan's photo uh I was is gonna ask yes that was Hogan, yes yeah. mm-hmm. so the idea behind our photo is that we are these like um i think it's like 19 i can't remember if it's like 40s or 50s yeah, like 40s um or we're working on like the wing of an airplane so in the photo i <laughs> i had to hold up this like 20 pound vintage screwdriver (laughs) it was so (laughs) heavy and I had to hold it up I mean luckily I wasn't holding it for too long but oh my god this thing was so heavy I was like you want me to hold this thing in the photo but it's an awesome photo so it was totally it it was totally worth it totally worth it
1: (laughs) and so what is that um process like it
0: is so fun it is so amazing it is such a cool experience so we have this phenomenal incredible wonderful magical photographer Celeste yeah. Celeste I
1: follow her online <laughs> she's
0: amazing Celeste Giuliano shout out you're a rock star she um operates out of Philly chose her studio in Philly and she and Deirdre go way way back they have been friends for a really long time she's been shooting our calendar for a really long time so it's so awesome. They, you know, you go there and she's got this big, beautiful studio and you get your hair and makeup done. And, you know, Deirdre's there and the hair and makeup artist is there. And it's, it's such a cool experience. So much fun. So much fun
1: it looks very glamorous
0: yes it is it's it's awesome and i mean like hogan was a total rock star i have been making him model for me since he was itty bitty so i was like ooh, he would be the perfect candidate for this because he's so used to having his picture taken because i am constantly in his face with a camera (laughs) or a cell phone or something so he's uh he's a pretty good pretty good model
1: and uh Everything is uh like you're saying this vintage screwdriver i mean like everything always seems so like historically accurate or, totally you know, like they're they're very um paying homage very much to Absolutely. that style. Oh,
0: I mean, yeah. yeah. they The the pinup style is like Celeste's bread and butter. And Deirdre, um, so Deirdre is our founder. founder. Yep. yep. She's the founder of Pinups for Pitbulls. She was a burlesque dancer for oh, the longest time and was always like super into this, you know, kind of vintage style. So when she created the organization, she thought, what a cool way to show Pitbulls in a different light by making them, you know, or putting them in this like kind of vintage era, um, you know, showing them in a different light, just showing people what they really are, which is just dogs
1: (laughs) and adorable and adorable. (laughs) yeah they the the photography I mean the makeup the oh, wardrobe yeah. everything about it is always amazing phenomenal so if you are familiar with the pin-up style you know that like they are doing it justice absolutely uh, and if you're not familiar you're just like oh that's really cute yeah exactly <laughs>
0: right you're like oh that's adorable and the makeup artists that she works with the hair the, the makeup and hair people are oh my gosh they're me, Ama- they're so amazing and they're so cool and so funny and so not na- everyone is just a total rock star on that team yeah they're great
1: and that's probably like their the biggest fundraiser rate right, is the calendar mm-hmm. every year
0: yeah. yeah so every year that's the calendar is usually our biggest fundraiser um it's just been like our most our hot ticket item if you will um so yeah i mean it's it's such a cool way to spread the word, to advocate and, you know, raise funds for a nonprofit organization that helps save dogs who really need it. Right. Yeah.
1: My mom has like been buying us that calendar every year for I
0: know, that's years. so cute well now you have two this year because yes, you have to take this one because i signed it for you oh, it's autographed. so oh, that's i know I'm that so your mom's excited. gonna buy you one but now you have two so you can maybe keep one in your office and then keep one at home
1: i love it <laughs> And so I would imagine with COVID, you know, normally I would see pinups for pit bulls at different, you know, festivals mm-hmm. and fundraising. I, so I'd imagine they really kind of a lot of the organizations, but you know, they definitely probably took a hit totally with COVID. Yeah.
0: It was, it was really hard. Um, Not being able to do in-person events for the year was, it slammed us and it slammed us pretty good, but we have some amazing dedicated volunteers. Um, I'm going to shout out miss Dana doll from New York. She is such a rock star during COVID. She came up with this brilliant idea to have virtual events, which, you know, none of us really like, I mean, at least for me, I can't speak for other people, but I was like, Oh, that's such a great idea. And she just, you know, or was the brains behind the operation, like organize these virtual events. I mean, she had a, you know, a few people on her team. I was one of those people, but she really like pulled through for the organization during COVID by doing these virtual events and, you know, was able to raise some money and like just really help the organization. And I, I just, salute her for that because it was so amazing you know the rest of us were kind of like uh, twiddling our thumbs like what do we do what do we do and you know of course we're still spreading the word on social media we're you know helping to get dogs adopted through our social media but she you know really like broke her back and put in the hard work to like make these virtual events work and she is amazing and the best and I love her that's amazing (laughs) yeah
1: that's really wonderful so let's talk some about what else pitups for pitbulls does. I always associate them with kind of like educating around BSL, mm-hmm. which would be breed specific legislation. Yes. And so this would be the laws that are targeting dogs that look a certain way. Right. Mhm. And I feel like in some ways the tide is turning in the right direction finally. To my kind of general understanding of these kind of laws, you know, it seems like maybe around the 1980s, 1990s, there was sort of like this wave of different, you know, states, cities, counties uh, passing these laws yep. and saying, you know, if your dog is a pit bull, you know, you can't have them here. And yep. some of them would even go so far as to come and confiscate the dog yep. and, you know, euthanize yeah. them essentially. Yeah. And um, there's been a lot of work and, you know, I always hate to say his name, Um but you know, that football player uh, that was involved in the yes. dog fighting scandal. Yes. And um, you know, it's like at least if something good had to come out of all that, right. it's that it sort of helped turn the tide some with people sort of understanding that yeah. these are just dogs.
0: Yeah and it doesn't yeah. matter what shape their head is absolutely and they don't have anatomically different jaws mm-hmm. and all these things I know the, the the things that like you hear like oh they have locked jaw and I'm like are are you people insane like yeah. what is going on here like wh- who told you this right. smack them
1: <laughs> like if it, <laughs> it would not be it would be a different species if they had
0: literally like. It's not a Velociraptor. <laughs> I mean, like this is a dog. Calm down. It's gonna be okay.
1: <laughs> you know, and then you start getting into like all of the reasons why these laws are so flawed, mm-hmm. and you know we kind of t- started to touch on it. Is just like how do you define what is considered a pit bull? Right. Right. Because right. there's so many different breeds yes. of dogs that can be considered pit bull. And then there's so many different like mutts, totally. uh, you know, and it's like, are we just banning blocky headed dogs mm-hmm. with short fur? Or, yeah. You know, where, where, how do you define these things? Right. And, you know, it's sort of a huge, like embarrassment to me that we have BSL here yeah. in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, in Prince George's County. Mm hmm. I'm so grateful that there are still organizations out here trying to combat this and not just think like, oh, we've done a lot of work. We don't have to do it oh, anymore. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, and it's so interesting. Um, the organization Be More Dog that I volunteer with, we were very involved. It was almost 10 years ago now that there was a law passed and it was such a weird thing because it wasn't, it was it was based on, a it was a law based on a court ruling mm-hmm. and it was basically saying that if you were a landlord, you could discriminate against pit bull dogs. Yes. And it was like, everything about it was like completely flawed in, yep. in how they defined everything. And and we worked very long and hard for over two years to get that overturned. And and it wasn't like, oh, you can't have pit bulls, but it, it was very, it was very Convoluted, yeah. convoluted.
0: That's the problem with a lot of these breed specific legislation, you know, laws and whatever, what have you. It's, they're so like messy they're just you know because you're right how do you define a pit bull you know typically we think of uh pit bull as kind of this umbrella term right you know you hear that a lot especially Mm -hmm. with like pit bull advocates Mm -hmm. they you know pit bull it's an umbrella term that kind of covers a few different breeds. Um, You know, American Staffordshire Terriers, Staffordshire Bull Terriers. You're right. I mean, I think it just comes down to what they look like. And it's hard to define because, you know, you hear these laws and you're like, okay, wait, well, for example, Erlenmeyer, he's A, he technically had, we did a DNA test on both of the dogs and he technically is mostly American pit bull terrier. But like, if you look at him, I mean, he's got, you know, kind of a longer nose, he's got lab like ears. I mean, he's brindle. So like, are you going to discriminate against my dog because he's brindle and has short fur? You know, he doesn't look like a tip, like your typical, what you would think of when you hear Like, oh, he's he's a pit bull, which I think is the problem. But that's what I love about this organization and this calendar, because you look through this calendar, all of these dogs look totally different. And that's why I was so excited to have Hogan in this calendar because he's, you know, Hogan's mostly boxer and American Staffordshire Terrier. He doesn't have any Pitbull in him at all. So to have him in this calendar to represent, you know, Pitbull-type dogs and bully breeds, it was so rewarding to me because I was like, you know, screw these laws, like, take that, you know what I mean? Like, who says... You know how to define these dogs and how we look at them, and it's just—it's all so stupid. <laughs> it's all so dumb.
1: I guess I always go to that—it's a form of discrimination.
0: A thousand percent. And, yes.
1: Uh, you know whether that's based on racial or mm-hmm. classist yeah. stereotypes of absolutely the people are who are owning these dogs. Yes. And- and that's why I'm just so glad to see we are at least sort of starting to turn the tide and yeah. you're seeing more and more. If you follow those sorts of things, you're starting yes. to see more and more of these headlines mm-hmm. like this town in Oklahoma or yep. Kansas. They yep. it. I know. Like, and
0: it's so <laughs> rewarding and it's so exciting because, I mean, let's face it. These laws, all they do, and I, I sound like a broken record because I say this to everybody, but breed specific legislation, all it does is punish responsible dog owners and empower irresponsible ones. So, I mean, whether or not, let's face it, whether or not you have these laws in place, people are still going to have these dogs. You know, if you have an irresponsible dog owner that, is living say in PG County and they want a pit bull type dog like they're going to have one whether or not there's a law in place right. you know so it doesn't it just I feel like it's it's totally moot because those people are still going to have these dogs and then the responsible dog owners are the ones that have to suffer the repercussions of it as well right. just you know doesn't seem doesn't seem fair
1: you know, a few years ago, there was a really big push to really overturn that law in Prince George's County. Yeah, And, you know, I don't think anybody will ever come out and say it on the record, but I guess sort of the back channel um, chatter that we would hear is that, you know, police wanted to keep it because it would give them an excuse to go on certain properties mm-hmm. or, or something.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And it was just so disappointing. Yeah. To yeah. see That it's, you know it's never really about the dog
0: <laughs> right and i mean i you know i remember having a conversation with someone who uh, i was talking about the the ban in in pg county and they were like well you know there are like a lot of dog fighters in pg county so like that's why they have the laws in place and i'm thinking mm, If you have a lot of dog fighters in PG County, guess what they're gonna do? Whether or not there's a law in place, they're gonna keep fighting those dogs. So fighting
1: is illegal. Literally, what kind of dog it is? Right, (laughs)
0: exactly. So I'm like, that doesn't, like, that's not a good enough excuse to me for for enacting BSL in a county. Like, it's just, I don't know.
1: And I know that there's so many volunteers that work in the shelter system there who do everything they can to network and get those dogs out of there yes and you know just hats off and hearts Uh, honestly they
0: bust their butts for those dogs and it is so inspiring and so amazing to see um because they really do care about those dogs and they should because they deserve a chance too right they deserve a chance
1: and And there is so much data now because so many of these laws have been overturned and Mm -hmm. because of organizations like Animal Farm Foundation, where they've actually gone into like, you know, we all want safe communities. Right. And how do we enact laws that are actually going to, you know, keep people safe Mm -hmm. from any dog? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, because there are dogs that aren't pit bulls. Yeah. That could be considered dangerous dogs. Yeah. And and how do we create, you know, dangerous dog laws that will keep communities safe if that's what we're really concerned about here and is that what we're really concerned about right (laughs) exactly
0: and you know there are other more efficient ways to do that you know enact laws in your county that you know it's focus on licensing laws, you know, focus on, uh, people getting their dogs registered in the city or in the County. That way you can, you know, keep track of these dogs and see like who might be a bite risk and who, you know, there are just so many other ways that don't include discriminating against one type of dog that could actually genuinely help a community. Right.
1: Right. But is that the goal? You know, right? <laughs> that's that's start
0: exactly right.
1: And it's just so funny to me how it's like you love these dogs, and then suddenly you're like, you know, a political activist or something. Yeah, like you get pulled into all these other directions. Totally, and it's just so interesting. You know, and and the different places it has taken me over the years. Oh, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like because when you like start advocating for pit bull type dogs and bully breeds, you it, there are so many moving pieces when it comes to them that like, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know this. Or, you know, you I feel like I learn something new every day, <laughs> literally, and right. it's, it's, it's really awesome, actually. <laughs> I love it.
1: I knew um, during the whole... I, we in view More Dog, we just call it like the pit bull law like, yeah. situation, you know. <laughs> um, it was like, what wow, that was such a, a marathon. But, you know, at one point, like I was in Annapolis meeting with like our lawmakers, yeah, you know, like my local lawmakers. Um, there was other times where we were going around the state and talking to different like humane societies and yeah. organizations. And yeah. you're trying to get people kind of grassroots mm-hmm. why this is important, why you should call your, your lawmakers. Yeah know and so it's like suddenly i have to get over my fear of public speaking yeah and suddenly right. i have to like have a nice suit to mm-hmm. give me with all my, you know, absolutely all because of these dogs yeah it's
0: <laughs> really though i mean i remember when delta like put out the ban that like you couldn't have uh bull type dogs uh, like on their planes for as like emotional support right. animals or something um and we all just band together and like you have to learn how to write a formal letter and, you know, s- who to send it to, where to send it, who to contact, you know, it's a lot of hoops to jump. Through totally. Absolutely. It's a lot of work advocating for these dogs. It's not easy and it's, you know, it can be stressful. It can be upsetting. It's a lot, but it's so worth, worth it. it. It's so <laughs> worth it.
1: You know, one thing uh, I think I had talked about this uh, with Michelle Srocky with pitbull Advocates of America because that's one of the things that she's really passionate about is like how we can take our emotion and our passion and mm-hmm. like channel it in a productive way because we don't want to be like the crazy screaming literally you Karen know, right <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you don't
0: no no you
1: no know, like we want to be <laughs> <laughs> professional totally and and, um, and advocate you know and you know in an appropriate manner mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it feels so personal oh yeah you know because that's your dog and your heart oh yeah well <laughs> and so you understand why some people get so passionate
0: about well it. <laughs> I mean hello like that's me Th- that's what I'm saying like you know when people would insult my dog or say things about Hogan like I'm not gonna lie I'm maybe not the <laughs> nicest or the <laughs> most professional but you know I mean like at events and stuff so actually interesting story. We did, um, the ocean city pet expo two years ago. Yeah. Cause it wasn't, it wouldn't have been last year. Um, and we were, you know, at the booth and this man approached our booth and he's like, pinups for pitbulls, huh? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, you know, he's, what did he say? He used to be like, a an insurance. He used to work for an insurance company. Yeah, that old story. So and he's like, uh, most of the like, most of the stuff we heard was dog bites from pit bulls. And I think all of them should, you know, be muzzled when they're outside walking. And my friend, a fellow team lead of mine, she was like, you think that my family dog who is a pit bull who would never hurt a fly should have to walk around in a muzzle just because of what she looks like? And he was like, yeah. And she's like, that's interesting. But it was so nice to hear her speak to this man because they were actually able to have a conversation about it and she like you know that's what's kind of cool about doing this is like when you have someone who approaches you like that you get to kind of dig into their mind and figure out you know why why do they think this way what can I say how can I say it to maybe get them thinking in a different light or help them see things in a different way it's it's always really hard For me, especially because I am, I am a very like, I mean, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So it's hard for me sometimes, but, you know, hearing her and watching her, I was like, wow, this is like really cool. Brianna, shout out, Brianna, you're a rock star. I love you. Um, It was just so awesome, like watching her talk to this guy because I was like, oh, my gosh, I would have just been like you know <laughs> yeah. because that's your instinct when you wanted I feel,
1: you feel too defensive
0: right um, you feel like, like you attacked. feel like personally attacked yeah. um so it's hard to kind of like make that separation but once you figure out that this I mean that's what educating is all about right so once you figure that out it's pretty easy to kind of like I don't want to say disassociate I don't think that's like the right word but kind of remove yourself Detach, right, right? <laughs> and just you know yeah be more of an educator about it and be like, okay, well, why do you feel this way? What experiences have you had that led you to this conclusion about these dogs?
1: Yeah. I I was actually thinking uh, when you're talking about doing events, like I remember we'd always have people come up and say like the weirdest stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh God.
0: Yeah. I've heard it all. I have heard it all. That's like, a type like this
1: is like that type of person that yes. comes up at events and says weird stuff mm. usually about pitbulls you're like
0: oh okay uh it was nice to meet you goodbye <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> oh i know what else i wanted to talk to you about so you had hogan in your wedding is yes that right? so i'm I don't want to say jealous, but (laughs) I kind of wish I could go back and like have our dogs there. Yes. Yes. What was that like trying to plan like a dog friendly wedding?
0: I was like super nervous about it because, like I said, Hogan is pretty leash reactive. So, I mean, he's always done really well in like crowds of people, oddly enough. It's very bizarre. I don't know if it's just because of like he's so overstimulated that he kind of just like, is not timid but just like calmer I don't know so I wasn't too worried about him like being around a ton of people I was more worried about him just sitting up at the altar while my friend you know said our vows and him just like kind of staying there and being calm but he is really food motivated so my dad brought like pounds and pounds and pounds of this incredible um Hungarian sausage as as I mentioned earlier my dad is Hungarian so he brought just like so much of this Hungarian sausage and we were like oh my gosh we'll use the Hungarian sausage to keep Hogan at bay while we're getting married and it worked like a charm he i think at one point there's a picture of him he like laid down in the grass and like fell asleep we were like Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is wonderful. That's awesome. And, luck I mean, we so we got married at the Inn on Peaks Island. Shout out to Peaks Island. Um, Where's in, that? In Maine. Oh, okay. Yes. So Mike's parents live out there, and both of his brothers and his sister all worked at the Inn oh, on wow. Peaks Island. So I kind of, like, always knew that that's where I wanted to get married. It was kind of always in the back of my mind that, like, it would be, you know, the perfect venue because it's a good mix of, like, the beach and like something just sort of quiet and so because they know the people there I was like hey so I kind of want my dog to be there is this going to be a problem and they were like no it's not a problem it was outside also so I think that sort of helped but yeah luckily we got really lucky that everybody was super cool about us having you know our dog there that's so cool yes yeah
1: and you, you mentioned that Hogan has been modeling for you ever yes. since he was a puppy because you have like such an awesome Instagram account. I'll, I'll make sure we have links in the show notes. Thank you. Um, to, to his account and you take amazing photos Thank and you, you take like amazing pictures all around Baltimore. Thanks. And I'm always like, Oh my God, she's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. And you do a lot of like hiking and, and stuff.
0: Too, oh my God. Yes. Guess. We are avid hikers. We are always in the woods. Hogan. W- I always joke around and say like Hogan was like born a trail dog. So he just totally flourishes in the woods on trails. Like I can let him off of his leash and I don't really worry about him. He has amazing recall. We worked really hard at it. I'm not there with Earl quite yet. Um we're still working on it with him. He's a little easier to distract. Earl has like a really high prey drive. Mm-hmm. So like small animals and deer just I mean when he sees them like the blinders are on and it's like I don't even exist. So I don't fully trust him yet, but Hogan he you know he'll run after like a squirrel or a deer or something but he's like i'm not going to catch that i'll, I'll, I'll just going to come back <laughs> so yeah he we're always hiking and um you know with it's really interesting because i feel like earl and hogan they're very similar but they're also so different hogan's not quite as reactive toward like small animals and deer as earl and Meyer is i mean he will like chase them or whatever but like like I said, Earl just gets the blinders on. So like when we're in the woods, we're kind of working on two different things with them. Like I'm working on Earl walking calmly in the woods. Like I don't care if he's out and sniffing, you know, I'll put him on like a long lead or something. But if he gets distracted by something, I need to make sure that he focuses back on me so that he doesn't run off or run away. You know what I mean? So it's really interesting, like seeing the different dog training aspects that I have to do with the both of them um it's been an eye-opener that's for sure it's amazing dedication oh yeah it is like constant work and I think that's you know kind of the other thing with having bully breed dogs is like you know this feeling like okay i we have you know we have to work on these things because you guys are people type dogs and people are going to judge you and you know it's back back to that same kind of mentality i mean we work on stuff because it's fun and exciting and it keeps their brains going and i mean i like doing it so that's why we do it but you know there's always this kind of like nagging feeling in the back of your head that's like you know remember you have a bully breed your dog has to be better (laughs) you're like oh i know that shut up
1: i know that voice yeah and and i know other people who feel that way
0: too Mm -hmm.
1: so uh, with you working during covid in a vet hospital what has that been like
0: oh my gosh it was a wild ride (laughs) it was wild um so many things changed you know we had to like changed the way we were doing things. We were operating curbside, so like our clients would come with their dogs but they couldn't come inside the building. Uh-huh. So we as the technicians were running in and out of the building all day, like going outside, grabbing animals, bringing them in, holding them for their appointments, bringing them back out to clients and just like most of the communication that we did was all over the phone. Uh-huh. So, you know, for a while our receptionists were the ones that were like taking the history uh you know on the dog because we as the techs were like running around like chickens with our heads cut off inside the building you know just it was chaos (laughs) it was chaos but you know what I mean we did the best that we could and I think we did a pretty damn good job you know I
1: I've been hearing I'm just this is just something I happen to see somebody make a comment about on social media recently so if you need to go to like the emergency vet and Mm -hmm. there's like all these wait times and and all these things um do you have any insight
0: i'll be honest with you like veterinary medicine we we are slammed right now it is really hard for us at the moment um even still like I'm doing air quotes, like coming out of COVID. Um, And I mean, the emergency hospitals too, like they are, they're working with less staff. They're, you know, I I know for us, like our hours were shortened. Like we, uh, you know, our schedules, like I don't want to say totally changed, but changed significantly enough that like our hours were cut, you know? And then of course you have like, The occasional like COVID scare where like maybe an employee isn't feeling great and has to stay out for a certain period of time or, you know, things like that happening too. Or you just have people straight up like over it, quitting and leaving, and then you're understaffed that way as well. You know, a lot of people don't really realize how intense our job is. Um, they don't really realize how stressful and emotionally and physically taxing it can be. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not just cuddling puppies all day. <laughs> No,
0: I wish it were, but no, it's definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp, <laughs> for a pit, <laughs> for a pit. It's hard out here for a pit.
1: So tell us again, uh, where can we get the 2022 pinups for pitbulls yes. calendar? So
0: you can order them off of our website, pinupsforpitbulls.org. dot org. Head over to pinupsforpitbulls.org dot org, and you can order your 2022 greatest pits calendar. Greatest
1: pits. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, Erica, thank you so much. Uh, I will make sure I have links in the show notes to everything we talked about today. And I hope everybody will be putting up their pinups for Pitbull's coming. Me too. In their kitchen.
0: Yes, me too.
1: (laughs) It was lovely to meet you. It was awesome meeting you, Erin. You
0: are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much to Erica for spending the time with us and for bringing an autographed 2022 Greatest Pits calendar for me that was not only autographed, but also potographed by Hogan. And special thanks to Deirdre from Pinups for Pitbulls for connecting me with Erica. I'm always so grateful for the dogs that bring us together, because even though Erica lives in the same town as me, if it wasn't for the dogs, I don't think our paths would have connected or crossed. I'll have links in the show notes so that you can follow Erica and Hogan and Earl's adventures on Instagram. I had mentioned she has a wonderful Instagram. They always look like they're having the best time over there. <laughs> and also a link in the show notes so that you can get your 2022 pinups for Pitbull's Greatest Pits calendar. A couple things I wanted to mention real quick before we sign off. I wanted to mention if you listened to episode 23 with Peter Shankarelli of Allie's Canine Crew... Uh, Allie actually just passed away recently at the end of October and we are sending our love out to Peter and the Allie's Canine Crew if you're not a member of that group on Facebook has amazing information for dogs with cancer and all kinds of health issues and Peter is such an amazingly dedicated dog dad he really did everything there is possible to do to help Allie with all her various health issues. She was so fortunate to have him, he's so fortunate to have her, and uh, our hearts are definitely going out to to Peter right now. But we're so grateful to Allie for inspiring him to start this amazing community of canine health advocates. I always say these dogs can be amazing healers and teachers and inspirations in our lives, and I have no doubt that Allie came into Peter's life at just the right time to inspire him in just the right way. We can just never have enough time with them. And because of all the experiences I've had with my dogs and their various, sometimes bizarre, health issues over the years, you know, I'm such an advocate for our dog's health and wellness. And I actually have a little bit of exciting news in this realm, which is that I'm going to be launching a blog soon that'll be sort of a companion to the podcast, and it'll actually be at hugsandbellyrubs.com. And I'm going to have very exciting things, uh, t-shirts that I've been designing, as well as some products that I've been creating. I've been working on some of these things um, since during COVID quarantine. And uh, I'll have an upcoming episode where I kind of get into some more of the detail and backstory to some of these things and why it's so meaningful and exciting. But if you want to head over to hugsandbellyrubs.com, you can get a download that I've created about the 12 changes in your dog's health to never ignore. And I'll have some more information about that coming soon. But if you want to be an early bird, you can jump over there right now. I'll have a link in the show notes. And I actually got to do a Facebook live video recently with the dog hood. And I'll be sharing that in the show notes today also, where I will tell you some of the 12 changes in your dog to never ignore as well as talk about the podcast and all the exciting things we're doing over here um if you've never heard of the dog hood you're going to hear their story coming up soon it was actually an app like a social media app uh, just for dog owners where you can share all your dog pictures have events um create a community and they have like an ask feature if you have like training and health questions it's a really cool app. I like that it has all of the dog pictures of social media and none of the political opinions <laughs> of social media. That's one of my favorite things about it. You don't have to wade through, you know, your weird uncle or that guy that sat behind you in high school's weird opinions about things. You can just skip straight to all of the amazing dog pictures. And the app was actually created by two women who met because of their dogs and then decided to create this whole app and community around it. And I just love that so much. And you're going to hear their story very, very soon. So that will do it for this episode of the Believe in Dog podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your five-star rating and review. They really do help more people find the show. And your words mean very, very much to me. I read all of them. You can always contact me by email, Erin. E R I N at believe in dog And you can find me on Facebook at believe in dog podcast and Instagram at believe in dog podcast with underscores. I'll be sharing lots of pictures of Erica and Hogan and Earl on Facebook and Instagram as well as at believe dog Until next time, this is Aaron Scott sending you hugs and belly rubs. Even Dog Podcast is a production of Hugs and Belly Rubs, LLC.